Happy Monday, Combo Nation. We are here with another episode of Combo's Court. Don't forget to rate, review, and punch down on that subscribe button. Today's show, we discuss Rihanna's halftime performance, LeBron breaking the all-time scoring record, and of course, the NBA trade line craziness, Katie to the Suns, and much more. This episode is co-hosted by Max Van Orchid. Shouts to Max. Go subscribe to the MVP podcast. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. You have Combo's Court. You have the Max Van Auken Podcast. You have the Believe in Orlando Magic. There's many titles, many shows, but we're here. Combo, how are you? Wow, what an intro. I feel like I'm getting better. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> You're the rookie and the vet. I'm a rookie and a vet. I'm older now. I'm a year wiser. I've got another podcast under my belt. You get better on the daily. You win the morning, you win the day. I'm full of wisdom and quotes. Um, I have a notes page full of quotes and dad jokes. I'm, I'm getting there. There you go. Happy birthday to Max Van Auken for those that didn't know. I appreciate it. And uh, I'm actually very ecstatic right now. Not only did I pick the Chiefs to win, so that's a little disappointing because they're down at half, but it's never too late, even though Patrick Mahomes just tweaked his ankle. So I'm a little concerned. But I just witnessed probably the most perfect human being on earth perform a halftime show. And, uh, it's just, it makes me smile every time. I love to see her succeed, and that's Rihanna, of course. Yes, I watched it, and weirdly, what stuck out to me the most was at the end when she was obviously, like, in flow state, getting the energy from that huge crowd and giving it back to them. Um, I know she was silent at that point, and she sang a lot of her songs already, um, but that's what really, like, gave me a great feeling, just feeling that energy she was getting from the crowd, you know? Now, I don't mean to be in her personal business, but it was asked. I didn't know if she's expecting again or not. Yeah, you're not supposed to ask a lady that, right? If uh... no, Yeah, age, weight, or if you're expecting. But my Aunt Sonia was asking, and I wasn't sure. She's like, so she's very classy, and she's not moving as much as she normally moves. Maybe she's uh, expecting. And I said, I'm not sure. I said, I know she just had a child, but I mean, I, I don't, I'm not sure. You know, either way, I support her, and I'm just very ecstatic that she had a great time because she is one of a kind if those listening you know uh rihanna and i we we go way back <laughs> well i'm sure twitter is going crazy over that topic right now i'm sure they are and you know yeah. what i just don't want people to just bring my girl down if anything i wanted to be positive and i think she had a fantastic halftime show so yeah, either good. way i'm very happy like i said regardless of the outcome of the game as a competitor as a sports broadcaster and telling people to bet on the Chiefs I want the Chiefs to win but Rihanna was uh one of my main focuses tonight so I'm happy right now but we have so much NBA to talk about my goodness combo yes it is so crazy so I know I, I remember you know it feels like LeBron broke the record like a year ago now because of all that happened in free agency yeah but I know right when he broke it 
you hit me up, and I'm just thinking, like, Max can't wait to get his LeBron takes off. And I might have to agree with some of them, man, you know? Oh, yeah, best belief. So, uh, funny story. So, 92.9 game. I'm a producer for one of the main morning shows, and uh, I got into it. So they had a guest come on and basically talk about how it's not even a discussion, Jordan's the GOAT. And listen, uh, I can hold my tongue only for so long. So the producer and I started going at it, and they're like, hey, we can hear you in the other room. Like, we need you to come on air then. I said, okay, that was this morning, actually. And I'm like, this is outrageous, and this is what bothers me more than anything. If We'll focus on LeBron's achievement. We don't even have to necessarily go into the GOAT debate. I wanted it just to be about that accomplishment. But immediately, his greatness saying he's not Jordan, that's how I know you're insecure about the debate because I didn't even mention Jordan. So for people to say it's not a debate, it's like I can't have those conversations anymore with those people. Now, if you want to say, hey, Michael Jordan's the greatest of all time, okay, hey, I respect that. I, I, I can't argue that. I mean, I think LeBron James, if you think Michael Jordan, I'm not going to sit here and say you're crazy. But if you sit here and say, yeah, it's Michael Jordan, it's not even close, there's no debate, you lost me. Like, I, I can't do that anymore. When you have a guy who, and I, we can sit here all day and talk about his achievements, but now to be the all-time leading scorer combo, and he's a past first, and when you look at his story combo from middle school being covered, high school, the most hyped prospect of all time in all sports, highly covered. And to live up to all of the hype and then some, and you're in year 20 and you're still averaging numbers that you did when you first entered the league and you were in your prime. And he just passed Kareem, which is a record that was 39 years old. We're never going to see that again in our lifetime, at least. Like, you can't sit here and tell me it's no longer a conversation. Like I said, we don't have to get into who you think, but at least can everyone just admit, like, even though I think LeBron James is the greatest of all time, I admit it's a conversation. For people who just completely dismiss that now, like there's something going on where you just don't want it to be a conversation. Yeah, I think a lot of it is generational. I think a lot yeah. of it depends on how old you are. And it's interesting, like there is some recency bias for LeBron now, just like there was some recency bias when The Last Dance came out, right? I think right. there's a little bit of that. So I do think LeBron's going to have to retire and then we can look at everything at a whole. You know that I think it's very close. Right. It's very close. Me personally, and a lot of my peers would argue with me, I would edge LeBron slightly. So I like it. Very slightly. Very slightly. But I would. But I also would like to wait till the end and then we could like everything in a vacuum, right? Because there will be some more recency bias once LeBron retires as well, right? It'll shift. Like, if we asked, if we had a poll right after the last dance, it probably would have edged LeBron. Sorry, edged Mike. Right, right. If we if we had a poll now, I mean, right, like if you did it the day he broke the record, obviously there'd be some recency bias there. So we we have to let LeBron finish at the same time, right? Right, and that's very wise of you. And see, this is what that's the point I also made as well. Like it is a era and generational thing. So the older generation will say, "Oh, you millennials and you younger generation, of course you're going to say LeBron." Well, it's like, hey, that's the same thing for you guys. Like. You guys grew up and adore Jordan. So, of course, no one's going to be better than Jordan. So, if we want to just agree, hey, it's eras, respect that, cool. But you can't sit here and say it's not a debate. And if you're going to make this comparison and say Jordan's the GOAT, then you're then you're embracing that conversation then. Because if you want to say it's eras, can't compare them, I can live with that. But the moment you start comparing them, then we have to call it spade a spade. What are the facts? And I got into it even then some, and I'll, I'll expand on this just a little bit more. 
and we talk about they talk about the rings and they talk about the hardware. Like I was talking to Brandon Haywood today. He's like, "Hey man, Jordan's got six rings, but he's also got more MVPs and he's uh, led the league in scoring. So it's not just rings. He's got the accolades." I'm like, "Okay, hold on, slow down now, because if we're gonna just go off accolades, Bill Russell should be the goat, or it's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, because Bill Russell has 11 rings. Kareem has just as many rings." Some people would argue Kareem. Right. Not, so if you're going to go off accolades. It's not a lot of people, but it's not a lot of people. But Yeah, because he's not but, as flashy and as sexy. Well, and I, think, I think the reason – I think Kareem was obviously great. Top three of all time, in my opinion. Yeah. I think the thing that separates uh, LeBron and Jordan from Kareem is that they initiated offense, right? They handled the basketball. So somebody had to get the ball to Kareem. But and, uh, obviously Kareem is, you know, top three in my opinion. And let's be honest, I do believe brand plays a role in this. Like Jordan's brand, I mean, look at his sneakers. Like the, being global and really quadrupling all of Nike's other well, athletes. Well, should, that's a whole other conversation. Should that go into it? And I mean, probably shouldn't because if we're just talking about basketball player, but you look at LeBron's brand, it's humongous. You look at Jordan's brand, it's humongous. <laughs> Kareem's brand and his personality isn't something yeah. that people are attracted to. Right. So it's kind of like the Tim Duncan thing. Like a lot of people put Kobe in these conversations and RIP Kobe. I love Kobe Bean, but I don't think he was on in, the, in the conversation of Jordan and LeBron per se. But a lot of people just immediately think Kobe. But if you really think about it, Tim Duncan and Kobe is more of the discussion. But because Tim's not the biggest brand and the biggest personality, he's monotone and he kind of had a boring playing style, even though he's the greatest power forward of all time. I just feel like he doesn't get the love he should get because of, yeah, he's just not that brand. He's not that exciting. There are some Kobe diehards that think Kobe's the greatest too. Oh, so. I, I have a friend. Oh my goodness, I have a friend. I'll shout out to Slick. I, I to this day, I I probably go every week of having this conversation with him, and he's a diehard. He's got the Kobe tattoo on him. He's got the he loves. Wow. Yeah, he's got the mentality. He loves the Mamba mentality, and I love Kobe so much. So it's not like, yeah, I disagree with them. It's not because I'm trying to take away anything Kobe did, but I'm just like, we got to. You have to be realistic here, but he's a Kobe guy, so there's just no convincing him otherwise. And I'm like, hey, everyone's got what floats the boat, you know? Yeah, man. It's crazy, and it's like we almost forgot about LeBron breaking the record. A friend actually texted me saying that, um, yo, he just broke the record. It doesn't really seem like a big deal. He, he actually texted me. I'm like, I'm like, I guess you're kind of right in some ways. I thought it was a pretty big deal, but I think people don't care about records as much as they used to. I agree, and especially I think people are getting a little turned off by the analytics side of things, just a little bit. But I, I would be remiss if I didn't. I mean, that's not that's not deep analytics. That's just who has the most points, right? Right, Ever. and I feel like diehards, and I feel like people who appreciate the game and who have just who appreciate the legends that came before things. Like I think the NBA does the best job. Like we were just talking about it. So the NFL is the most watched but I feel like the NBA is the most discussed and the NBA has this superhero family type of feel to it where these players feel bigger than life, but at the same time you feel so connected to them because I think they do such a great job at honoring the great players. And then yet the great players are right. Like the NBA top 75 list when they had at the all-star game for the 75th anniversary. And then like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar being there and giving the ball to LeBron. Like that was a moment that I felt was bigger than life. And I feel like they captured it in such a great way. I loved that they stopped the game. I know some people are like, oh, they couldn't have waited. No, no, this is this is different. This is a record that may never be broken again. And I absolutely love the moment that they had. But to your point, I do think there's some people who may have kind of glossed over it just a tad. But I do love the appreciation that this man finally got. If you went on Instagram, you went on Twitter, you went on TikTok, 
the amount of LeBron content I saw and appreciation really made me sleep well at night. Yeah, no, it's great. I mean, uh, what do you feel about, and we're going to get to KD, so this is actually a good segue. KD, you said LeBron is a pass-first player, and KD disagrees. He feels like he's a scorer who's also a great passer. Well, I mean, it's kind of hard to argue he's not a scorer, right? Yeah. I, so I, I, I agree with KD to that aspect. It's, it's hard to um, argue with him there. But if you watch the game, if you and he, LeBron will tell you it himself. He's a pass first. And, like, that's what's made him so great. Well, that, I mean, that does – I mean, look, like, we're going to be fair in this conversation. LeBron does like to add to the narrative of him being the greatest, right? A hundred percent. There's a, yeah. another narrative we got to address after this. But LeBron – if you watch him play, he always likes to initiate and get it. Now, he makes the right, he makes the right ba- He likes to make the right basketball play. Right. And it may be a little bit different now. I feel like at this there's and the reason why I say that, if you look at him in his prime, when he was a ticket to the finals, no matter who he played with, he elevated everyone around him, and he really made a point to get others involved very early in the offense. If you watch him now, even though I still feel like he has that approach for the most part, I do feel like the Lakers have been somewhat of a bad basketball team the past couple seasons. So it's like, hey, if we're going to lose and if I'm not able to be the player I once was as far as just carrying everyone with me, I'm going to go get mine. So I feel like he's had more of a score hey, coach now. I actually like that mentality. And I think obviously De'Aaron Fox is having a great season. I was talking about so I was talking to somebody about this, that, you know, his team was bad. And um, he kind of wants to get out of there. That, that was like the narrative at one point. I don't know if anybody remembers that because the Kings are really good now and you actually owe me dinner because they're going to make the playoffs. But that's a, <laughs> that's a whole other point. But I was saying, like, if your team is bad, just go get buckets. Like, that was my mentality when I was playing, you know? Like, don't make it hurt yourself. Like, don't make it worse for yourself by not playing hard or moping around, you know? Not saying he was moping, but he wasn't playing his best. And the reasoning some people had was that the team wasn't good, you know? And... So it's like, I love that mentality. When your team's not that good, go get buckets if you're the best player, you know? Go get oh, buckets. Oh, sure. I, yeah. I made sure when I played in the rec league that I looked like I was uh, not a team player. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's very toxic of me. But I wanted to be on the worst team possible because I wanted to go get my buckets selfishly. It's when I was developing my skills. I'm like, I'd rather drop 30. It's, I'm not proud of these moments, Combo. I, now I'm a winning type of player. Um, but – at the time, I wanted to get my buckets, and obviously you want to win at all costs, but it felt great to just get my own. You know what I mean? It was my selfish stage. Every, it was in my – if I were a mogul, per se, an NBA great, what I would say is my rec early days were let me prove how good I am. And then as I transitioned and developed and matured as a player, it got into winning. And then now, right now, I'm in my business mogul generational wealth stage, if I must you're, you're, you're in your Trey Young phase. I really, I certainly was. I'm not going to lie yeah. to you. I really wasn't before uh, what other people had to say to me other than I got my bucket. So I'm like, hey, you could say I'm this, that, and the third, but you, hey, I got an angry mom in the stands that's mad that I didn't pass it to Billy, but I had 30 this game, so I'm going to go to bed and do my homework. So, yeah, we're not going to get to all the trade deadline stuff, obviously, and we already mentioned KD. Let me bring this up, Combo. Let me interrupt you. Go ahead. I have a problem with Anthony Davis. I'm going to say it. I know hey, we're sticking on the positive, and I love it. And I love that we're talking about LeBron's greatness. Am I crazy? You may not feel this way. I know you're a glass half full guy as well. But we got to keep it real here. Com- combo. They say you have to be careful for who cheers for you when things go well. Combo, I know when I have a promotion, when I do well, you're always there to call. You always check up on me. You always text me, and I appreciate that. And I, I hope you feel the same way about me um, that I do for you. But – yeah, Anthony Davis and LeBron, they have a great relationship. That's what he said in the interview. 
I don't care what the reason is. You're sitting down while the whole arena stopped what they're doing, and the rest of your whole team yeah, is cheering. You're telling me you can't I get gotta up. I got to agree because, like, because I don't know LeBron personally, and I'm super happy for the guy. Like, you know, that's that's like super cool. Like a kid from Akron, you know, getting to the levels he did and breaking this record. Like, you just have to be happy for the guy. And then, if especially if you know him personally, and you're probably one of his best friends on the team from what yeah. I understand I'm, I'm not in the locker room but that's just from what I understand and um you know he brought AD in and they won a championship together so yeah I think it was a little weird and I don't think it was a good luck it was I don't think it was a good luck for AD and that video of him will age really bad and that's going to be a part of history but on the other end of things I don't necessarily think that they have a bad relationship now or Agreed. anything like Agreed. that you know so Hundred percent, yeah, and, and we don't know the ins and the outs, and it seems to this point you've never heard any type of conflict. You never heard. Any, I mean, I'm sure there's frustrations that he's not always available, but they always play great together. They always have great things to say to each other. So I'm not disputing any of that or acting like I know their relationship. And uh, trust me, a lot of the times I know the media can blow things out of proportion, and I would disagree with it ninety percent of the time. But for this one, I was like, ah, that that does rub me the wrong way. That really does. And I understand he said, oh, well, we were losing. Well, Anthony Davis, you don't play. You don't seem upset some all the other times, like when you're on the on the bench. And I'm just saying, like that's a poor excuse in my opinion. Uh, I love Anthony Davis's game, so it's not I'm not attacking him as a person. I just felt like that was a very poor time where I feel like you kind of have a, you got to read the room a little bit better. That's all I'm saying. Now I don't think it's the end of the world, like some people are saying, but I do think it's something. Yeah, and you know they have to win now, so I think that's the biggest thing. Like this will somewhat be forgotten. I said it was a part of history, but if they end up making a deep playoff run, I think this goes away and people forget about it but man it wasn't a good look you know right and now sorry to interrupt i just i had to add that in we were talking about that night the monumental night lebron james being the goat and whatnot but uh i know there's a bunch of trades that just happened i obviously the lakers acquired a bunch of people what what is the next trade that you wanted to get into i'm sure it's with your guy so we can probably get into that but i don't want to assume things well <laughs> i don't know who you're talking about who's you know who guy. i'm talking about max, max van Auken's my guy but um Anyway, I mean, the biggest splash of it all was the KD trade, you know? Wow, I could have sworn you were going to go with Luka and Kyrie. Okay, I'm pleasantly surprised. That's why I don't make assumptions. I I mean, I I actually had a post about their duo that I think it would work. I mean, the question mark for me is depth and defense, which I talked about in the post that I posted today. So, I mean, that mix is going to be good. It's going to be LeBron-Kyrie 2.0. Where can people find the post, by the way? What? Where can people find the post? One two combo and E T W O C O and B O on Instagram, man. So okay, yeah, all right. I, I talked about it, but you know that's basically what I, I had. Um, Bo Estes, who's the top ten NBA plays announcer. If you ever watch, you know the NBA top ten plays on NBA.com or YouTube. That's the voice that you hear. So uh, that's who I was talking with. So yeah, great all pod. Right. Go check it out on Combo's Court. But shout to Bo. Your flowers, man. People need to see your content. So that's where you can go find Combo. But. Uh, I agree with 100% everything you just said with the with the Dallas Mavericks. But despite um, our disagreements at times with Luca, I do love his, his game. I think he's an amazing player, and I think it works. You have two guys who are unguardable, tough shot makers, as Draymond said, tough shot takers, tough shot makers. He has help. It works. It's an offensive-minded league. You don't have to have the most elite defense anymore to to make a really deep playoff run. I love I love that move, and I think also it shows Luca from Mark Cuban's standpoint, from the front office standpoint for Dallas. Hey, we understand your greatness. We're not taking that for granted. We understand you still need help. We want to maximize this opportunity before it's too late. And I just think that sends a good message overall. I don't know how long term this will last because let's be honest, Kyrie Irving has had his issues with the press, 
Um, Kyrie Irving is not always available injury wise or availability wise, but I love Kyrie Irving as a basketball player and I love what he brings to the Dallas Mavericks. And so I think this is a great, great move for the Mavericks. Yeah, it is a risk. I mean, it, it makes your top end talent better, obviously, when you have, in my opinion, the most skillful player in NBA history now on your team with, my opinion, the best player in the NBA, Luka Doncic. I know there you, you disagree. <laughs> I, I know you disagree, but that's okay. But yeah, man, um, but it is also a risk because all of this is really to please Luka, right? Like, you want to give Luka uh, a chance to win a championship. Now, bringing Kyrie on, we know he's somewhat unpredictable. It's just a fact. Like, you know, yeah. he, he, he's, he's somewhat unpredictable. So it could blow up in a different way when it comes to Kyrie. But at the end of the day, if you don't make this move, you have less of a chance to win a championship, and that's what Luka wants to do. So I understand why they made it. Bold move. You know, fortune often favors the bold, so we'll see what happens. But, you know, they traded away some of their depth. You know, Spencer and uh, Finney Smith are really good role players so that they had to, um, you know, let go of in order to get Kyrie. So uh, I think it's going to be tough for them to contend. But, man, that that's a, that's a – that's popcorn, as they would say. Like, that's box office with those two. You know what I mean? They would say that. No, I 100% agree. And aggressive wins. It doesn't always work out, but you never know unless you go for it. And I'm all for going for it. And typically in the NBA, yes, you're 100% correct with the depth and the role players. But typically speaking, like, if you look at the history, if you if you grab the star player, usually you won the trade. Now, many people can – the rebuttal to that would be, well, if you look at Kyrie Irving's past on the team, that may not be the case for him. But – I do. I if I was Mark Cuban, I would have done the same thing, and so yeah, yeah, I'm not mad at it at all. I'm not mad at it. The interesting thing to me is though, and obviously there was more to it with Kyrie and the Nets. I don't want to go down a wormhole with this, but he wanted to leave because they didn't give him an extension, and I think he's still in a, in a situation where he doesn't have an extension, right? Yes. So I mean, it's like he's in the same position, so. Obviously, it was probably more than that when it came to Kyrie and the Nets, but he still is in the same position. Right, and there's that's why I've seen Woj kind of discuss um, or talk about how it's not out of the realm of possibilities that he goes to tries to join KD in Phoenix. It's not out of the realm of uh, possibilities. That, that would be <laughs> absolutely crazy. Oh that he still God. doesn't become a Los Angeles Laker. So, like, it's not guaranteed <laughs> here in Dallas, but it's not guaranteed that he leaves because of the, the point that you're just talking about. So, I think his decision ultimately in free agency is going to be very contingent on what they're able to do right now. And because the West was kind of so up for grabs, and then obviously we'll get into this Kevin Durant trade here. I think they have a really good shot at least going to the Western conference finals and making some noise. And as much as you and I debate about Luca, I still think, even though I think Giannis is the best, I think Luca's probably the second best in the world, third best in the world. So when you have a guy like that, it's kind of hard to argue because any night he could beat you. And if you have, the offense focusing just on him like they used to. Now you have Kyrie. So it's kind of hard to – and they're so smart. Their basketball IQ, like they're just such good hoopers that I know they'll make it work. Yeah, and the, the KD, man, that was uh, – Let's talk. That about was it. crazy when that happened, right? Like talk about taking some of the attention away from like LeBron breaking the record. Like that might have got just as much attention, if not more, don't you think? Yes and no. I'll say no. Obviously, probably you think I'm a little biased, but I will well, say so, well. You're, you're, it's not about being biased because oh, what you would be saying is that LeBron didn't get the attention that he should have got. So I don't even think that's about bias. You know. Well, thank you. 
Um, I would say no, just because there is a huge buildup to this record. Yeah, but, yeah, and this this will probably be more remembered in history, right? Unless maybe the Sun sure. Championship this year. That'd be kind of crazy. Sure. Yeah. As far as what's going to be remembered in history, I don't even think that's a question. Now, if KD goes ahead and wins like four rings in a row, maybe that's a different conversation. But I think just because of the buildup, the countdown, the all the stars in attendance, I do think the LeBron was a bigger thing. But I will tell you this. Uh, I was not prepared for this news, so I think just the the shock of everything, the shock effect it left, like, whoa, not only did K- like KD just leave, how quickly it happened, and then who he went to, and he always flirted with the idea of wanting to play with D-Book and Phoenix, and now immediately people are thinking they're the title favorites or they should at least come out of the West, and so it's got people talking. So it definitely stole a lot of the headlines and a lot of the attention, and rightly so, though. So I was talking to a friend of mine who's actually on an NBA coaching staff, I won't say his name, but he was telling me that he feels like there is some redundancy in the skill sets when it comes to D-Book and KD. And his explanation was is that KD is just – if Devin Booker was seven feet, he would be KD. Because my thing was I thought there's less of a redundancy here than there was with Kyrie, Harden, and KD. I felt like it was more balanced. Like because, you know, Chris Paul is more of a pure, pure point guard than Harden, right? For sure. KD could be that real stretch four because he is seven foot, and then you have an all-timer when it comes to two guards um, with Devin Booker. But, you know, with the Harden, Kyrie, and KD, I felt like it was more of, like, three isocentric players, you know? And I would agree with you with that statement. Now, what's interesting to me with Phoenix, like, sometimes just don't overthink it. If you say it out loud, if you watch it, if you look on paper – Granted, that's not always the case, but for the most part, don't overthink it. Like, this is a very dangerous basketball team. I think they're going to be really, really good. That's my initial reaction. Danger, I think dangerous is the right word, right? I right. mean, yeah, when you got Katie and D-Book and then uh, C3 orchestrating, it's going to be crazy. 100%. Now, I will say, and people forget, Deion, like, to have D8 and 2 as a rim-running 5 who can move his feet, like, protect the paint, like, he's just the icing on the cake. Now, if we were to Yo, really- it's crazy, they didn't have to give them up in the in the trade, right? That's pretty insane. crazy. Insane. Insane. Yeah. Now they did give up a lot of picks. They gave up Jake Crowder. They gave whoever up- would have thought, and it's another thing I was talking about with my friend. Whoever would have thought that Mikel Bridges would get traded? Like that's like the last guy you would think that. Like obviously, KD was in the equation, so that's the reason, right? But like that's like the last guy you would ever think would get traded. And right. we actually came up with this. And as high as I am on Luka Doncic. I think actually, and we came to the same name when we were like, we were kind of talking about there's really nobody untradeable, but we did come to one name that we think is untradeable. And it's not Luca for me. It's Giannis. I'm about to say, you know, it's Giannis for me. Yes, it's Giannis. Because also, I think Giannis is a guy that really wants to stay there forever. So the feeling is mutual. Like Luca's more of a wild card, you know? Luca's more of a wild card. For sure. And that, I think, what's becoming more and more. But Luca is better. Let me put that out there. Luca is better. Go ahead. Relax, relax. I was agreeing with you to everything. Um, it's becoming more and more rare and seldom that we see things becoming built organically in this NBA because you <coughs> see so much player mobility, you see so much movement, you see so much, as people would say, they're not loyal, which I think loyalty is a little overrated when it comes to sports. But. With Giannis, and like that's why I think people gravitate to the Golden State Warriors so much. It's just because you saw the process, you saw how it was built organically with Steph being drafted, Clay being drafted, Draymond being drafted, the ups, the downs, 
And I, I feel like you get that type of feeling with Giannis because he was obviously drafted there. He didn't come into the league as supposed to be the next big thing. And you saw the development. You saw the progression. He put on weight. And so I feel like he just has this tie with Milwaukee where even though, of course, talent-wise, I would never trade him because I think he's the best player in the world. But secondly, he just feels like Milwaukee, to your point. Like he wants to be there forever. And you were you won a championship with him. That just feels like a bond that's meant to be. And it fits his personality. Like, even though Giannis has his dad jokes, and I think he's a great personality, like, he's just, he wants to work hard. He wants to, he literally, that's my favorite thing about him, is that every game he plays so hard. Like, he gives his effort. And it's just, he fits Milwaukee to a T. Like, they don't, he's not a big personality who needs Hollywood. He doesn't need to be around a whole lot of other stars, even though I think other stars should want to come and play with him. That's why I think I 100% agree with you that with Giannis. But it's back to Phoenix, though. Oh, and also, by the way, by the way, Brad Beal is the only guy in the NBA. I believe this to be the case. I have to double check that he has he has an untradeable. He he can't be traded in his contract. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> that, that's crazy. That, that's a little absurd. <laughs> but yeah, but, but Phoenix, I, I, they won it. At the end of the day, you got the star. You got Kevin freaking Durant. Now, I will say this. I love CP3. I've always talked to you about like the Wi-Fi DNA. He connects with people. I think now his job just got so much easier. You're not a primary focus of the offense like you were with just you and D book type of thing. Now, hey, you can just literally do what you love to do and pass the ball to KD, make his life easier, pass the ball to D book. So it will work. But on paper, you think, oh, my God, CP3, Kevin Durant, D book, D Aiton. Now, let me just say this. Chris Paul's not having the best season. So it's not like this is prime Chris Paul or even Chris Paul in Houston or even early Phoenix Chris Paul. <coughs> this is this hasn't been a good season for Chris Paul. So even though I think he he's going to make their lives easier and it's going to work, but you lack a lot of depth now. You're very top-heavy and you're not getting that same CP3. And mind you, the guy does always get injured in the postseason combo. I hate to be that guy, but like it's, it's real. It's a thing. Yeah, I mean, the one thing I would say is there'll probably be less stress on him because KD and D-Book will be taking those last shots and really grinding it out at the end of the games and end of shot clocks that he could kind of maybe fall back into that real orchestrating role because, you know, this team needed him to finish games, right? Like, you need at least two guys like that. So I think it'll be – I think things will be even easier for him and he'll be able to fill his own role. Let me – just one thing on the Bradley Beal thing. I, I think he has an untradeable clause, but he could waive it if he wants to be traded. But that's besides the point. I think Bradley Beal and Damian Lillard are the two most frustrating players will never be. Like, and I love their games. I think Dame's a poor. Well, league. it's like you're damned if you do it, you're damned if you don't. Like nobody likes, not nobody, but people complain about everybody moving around so much, and these guys decided to stay, and people complain anyway. You know, 100%. like they're just always in the talks, they're always in the trade rumors, but we know they're not going anywhere. But yet at the same time, we kind of want them to go somewhere because. Damian Lillard, to me, it's going to be so, like, sad's probably not the right word, but it's, it's going to lock, lack a lot of context when you look at the end of his career, like when he's done playing, because he won't have MVPs, he won't have the individual accolades, and he won't have any rings, so you won't really think about how talented are his impact, but when you watched him play, he's better than your favorite point guard. And do, you so, put, do you put him above Kyrie? I personally, you probably can't, because Kyrie has the ring, but... I would take Damian Lillard over Kyrie in a heartbeat. I think Dame is better because he could carry a franchise in a way that maybe Kyrie cannot. And he's a leader. He's a great teammate. He's yeah. a leader. Now he's had his injury struggles recently, but and, in a yeah. heartbeat, I would take Dame. But 
when you look when you compare him to the Westbrooks, I would even Westbrook in his prime, I'm taking Dame. You compare him to Chris Paul, oh, now yeah. Chris Paul in his prime, that's a different story. But now when you look at the historical I'm taking I'm taking Dame, to be Me honest. Too. I don't think CP3 was great. But when you look at the historical ranking, it's going to be very hard to say all time he's better than those guys because Russell Westbrook has the triple-double, multiple MVPs. Chris Paul's been to the finals. I don't think he's ever won an MVP, but he'll have all the records. And don't you think Don't you think, in terms of legacy-wise, not reality, that this has damaged CP3's legacy a little bit? What, him going to Phoenix? And I'm just talking about perception. No, 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 sorry, not CP3, Russ. Russ, like, you talk about, yeah. the, you, talk about you know, ranking him above Dame, but... In terms of like conventional wisdom, do you think people will really rank him above Dane? Yes, I the, my I wouldn't, but people will because of the trophies. And I think his brand is already established. He's like Allen Iverson has his brand, and he his movie didn't end well. Uh, I think it's gonna be the same thing for Westbrook. Like his movie won't end well, but it's established what he was. Like Mr. Triple Double MVPs. Like he's he's iconic for that. So, and a lot of careers don't have the best endings. Like Le, what LeBron is doing. And I'm not meaning to compare the two, but because it's a completely different conversation. But it's not normal to have such a nice, <coughs> like it's not normal to be this good late. Like a lot of people don't have a very good ending or storybook ending that they would like. So as much as I agree with what you're saying, I would disagree just because he's already established who he, his identity um, with the NBA community. If that makes sense. Yeah. No. I mean, well, and also honestly, this is this might be a hot take, but I think there's some teams. Westbrook could actually help a team right now. I'm thinking the Miami Heat, like, because they're at a talent deficit and they just need talent. And he definitely has talent. Did he fit well with the Lakers? Absolutely not. So, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. I agree. I I think that Miami Heat, and and when there's smoke, there's fire. I've heard that a lot. And it seems like they're moving off the, they're not as high on Carl Lowry as they used to be. And um, Kyrie's, uh, Kyle Lowry's obviously not the player he used to be. So I think they need that little oomph because now they're starting to get a little stagnant. We, we understand you're tough. We understand the culture. We understand the defense. But in order to get over that hump and face the Bostons and face the Milwaukee's, you, you, you have to get a little bit more. And so I think they'll take that risk. Yeah, I think also there's – it sounds crazy to say that, like, well, the Heat's whole thing is culture. So it just doesn't sound crazy. But there's better culture in – Miami than there is with the Lakers, even though you think of the Lakers, all those championships, all those Hall of Famers. I don't think the culture is great right now, you know? Oh, the culture in L.A. has been bad for some time. You take out yeah. that, that championship, and I know it's yeah. a, like, a big thing to do, like take out a championship, but if you take that out, like that last 10 years or 12 years, it's terrible. Like, it's awful. Yeah, and uh, before we get out of here, we have to shout out Terrence Ross because, you know, we've been saying for a long time he probably shouldn't be on the match. Oh, and uh, what did you say? Let me interrupt you real quick. So I came down to Florida, uh, celebrate my birthday, my friends and family. And I go to Andretti and they're like, hey, you know who's in the lobby right now? And I'm like, no, what's going on? They're like, Terrence Ross. I was like, no way. And I'm like, okay, let me go talk to him real quick. And he was with his family, a beautiful family. And I'm like, I don't want to interrupt him. And I was going to have him come on the podcast, of course, and just do a spur of the moment one right there, right in front of the uh, laser tag. But I was like, hey, I just, I love your game, man. I really appreciate you, everything you do. I love your game. He was the coolest dude there is, and I let him go. He's with his family, but to your point, I almost forgot to bring that up, so shout out to T. Ross. Keep going, though. Sorry. Yeah, man, so um, it looks like him and the Magic are parting ways, and the sons of the team, from what the reports are saying, that we'll get him, so it'll be good for him to, um, you know, have a chance to contend for a championship. I always linked him to the Lakers. Like, I thought that was a team that could help him, and I would love for him to go to the Lakers, not only for him, so I could pull up the receipts, 
But um, it looks like, you know, he'll be playing with KD. That's what uh, the reports are saying. So, shouts to him. Like, you know, obviously, and we, we've been saying this for a long time, Orlando wasn't the place for him when it comes to the timeline, and he should be helping a team contend. And we've said Mo Bamba should go to the Lakers. We've been yeah. saying that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah, man. I mean, yeah, that's going to be great. That's going to be great because, you know, from a fit standpoint, it makes sense. You know, it's like the D'Angelo Russell thing. No matter how you feel about his game, they needed his art type of player. Now, what type of center do they need? A guy that could stretch it, protect the rim, and that's Bamba's art type of player. Can he deliver? We will see. I think he's talented. I think he can help them, especially because of his fit there. Combo. This could be the best podcast we've recorded. We keep getting better. We are. We are. Now, I had a great intro, so not to put the pressure on you, um, but you nothing but greatness here for the outro. Go enjoy the Super Bowl, Max. Talk soon. Talk soon. There it was. Yet another episode of Combo's Court is in the books. Don't forget to rate, review, and punch down on that subscribe button wherever you listen to Combo's Court. Be on the lookout for the next episode of Combo's Court. Combo, out. And that's...